Hi again, this is World Pastor Tony Olamo. This is program number 533. If you'd like to have a copy of it, Sharon will tell you how at the end of the program. Please specify whether you want a CD or an audio tape. They're both free, including the postage and handling. I've got some Bible reading uh, for you tonight, this afternoon or this morning, whenever you're listening to this tape. We'll be reading from the fourth chapter of Galatians. And I've got uh, some um, letters, and I've got uh, some music for you. So right now, let's go and ask the Lord to anoint this program. Father, anoint this program. There's so many fallacies in this world, Lord, and that's one of the major things that you warned us about, is uh, hypocritical uh, and false prophets. Hypocrites and false prophets. And liars, liars who, uh, because they are uh, against your word, they do everything in their power to uh, bring accusations that are false. They don't know what they're talking about. They've never met me. They don't know me. And they don't know you for sure. But they're liars, and they were um, sent by Satan to... Help destroy souls out in the world. Lord, I pray that you rebuke those demons, those devils, in the name of Jesus. And rebuke the devil himself, Father, in Jesus' name. And open the scriptures to me. Lord, open uh, your message right from heaven and right your, the kingdom of heaven is within me. And that you open the eyes, the ears, and the spirits of people, uh, both uh, outside of salvation and those that are saved, yet they're wavering. They've never really even attempted to seek for the baptism of the Holy Spirit because they doubt your word to the point to where they believe that they're strong enough to continue on in you without having the power of God in them. And they're striving to do it on their own strength. So what happens is uh, you say in the fourth chapter of Galatians through the Apostle Paul by the Spirit that these people are back under the law again. They're back into the sinking sand. And they're ready to go to hell because they do things on their own. Father, it's just uh, horrible. What people are doing, they've heard the rules of the church. They've heard all your rules, your statutes, your precepts, and your laws. They know that if they uh, are not walking by faith, and they want to be back under the law again, that the law does not save anyone, that it condemns them, and they're back in the quicksand, uh, being pulled down, and there's no chance for them to be restored again after they've decided to not believe your word by faith. But they want to go to hell. And uh, that's, they just uh, believe these false prophets to the point that they think, well, at the judgment bar of God, they're going to tell you, Lord, these people told us that um, we could still sin after we're saved. And the Lord will say, and you believe them rather than me. My entire word tells you that you can't, that you must continue 
on in faith in the word of God, which tells you that all sinners shall spend eternity in the lake of fire. And so, therefore, Lord, I pray that you make this clear to the listening audience, the saved and the unsaved, in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone says, Amen. Amen. All right, I'm going to sing a song for you later on in the program with that, uh, with Porter Wagner that Dolly Parton sang. Now, here's the song that she wrote, and she's singing it herself. She's made, sang a lot of, um, uh, written and sang a lot of Christian songs. A lot of people maybe don't know that. But I've designed a lot of clothes for her. I did her Dollywood jacket for her, and she... Uh, has done a, she also sang over at a restaurant that we once owned out in Elma, Arkansas. Here's Dolly to sing for you. He's alive.
Magnificent artist and a magnificent writer of songs. She is absolutely wonderful. And I'm very glad to have known her acquaintance and have uh, done some work for her. And uh, she's worked for me as well. Uh, she sang over at our restaurant because I made a bunch of clothes for the family band. Her family band is Stella uh, Parton, her sister, and her brothers. They were all there. And she wanted some jeans, some ripped-out jeans with uh, paint on them and rhinestones and all that. And we were the number one people that did that. And so and that's how we made her acquaintance. She used to live quite a part of about many days over in my store in Nashville, Tennessee, which was actually run uh, for the church to help support the church. And it did. And then... You know, I had I, I did an expose on President uh, on the Pope and President Bush, uh, the father who had uh, six Nazi war criminals as his um, as his uh, guides. Uh, what do they call them? Their advisors, right? Thank you. I appreciate all the help I can get. They were his advisors and. The minute that I did that, he picked up the phone to the IRS and said, Close Alamo down right now. And so, man, you should have seen the squads of FBI and BATF and uh, all the different IRS people, everything, swarmed that storm, put a, a yellow tape around it. And after that, Nashville doesn't have any groovy threads. They closed the Alamo of Nashville and sold everything for pennies on the dollar. Then on top of that, they took all of our property in Nashville. We were the number one independent property owner downtown Nashville. And also we had property over in Oak Hill. We had a house there and we had a couple, 
couple of condo, uh, I think, uh, duplexes over by the airport. We had several buildings downtown. They took those. They took our property uh, everywhere, and they went in uh, also in Arkansas. They just closed everything down. But to show you, the Bible says that if he be with us, no one could be against us. Uh, he says, they may try to close you down, but I'll give you way more. So the Lord let uh, the devil do that to Job also. And then after uh, Job went through that ordeal, as I did, and they sent me to prison for four years on false charges, naturally I'm tell I told the truth about him. I'd really be in trouble if I would have lied about the president's of the United States of America, what used to be the United States of America, but now it's now international government that is uh, run by the Vatican. If I did lie, they should address that. Uh, I named the names of all these uh, German uh, advisors, these uh, war criminals. He had six of them around him. And uh, the whole, the entire White House is infested with those rats. You know, and the funny thing is, is I called them rats. And then it showed it the, in the paper that the White House had an epidemic of rats and they couldn't get rid of them. And so everybody started saying, boy, Tony, you are a prophet, all right. They're, you know, real rats, but the rats that were in the White House were even worse than the rats with the long tails on that they couldn't get rid of. So, um, uh, but anyway, uh, I, uh, they gave me six years time <laughs> on a trumped up charge. They pulled people out of prison. They pulled, uh, they hid my books on me to make it look like I had hid the books and actually to find out it was Chris Belcher, the prosecuting attorney that hid them. And so I, uh, made a petition. I had an attorney make a petition to the judge saying, drop, you know, exonerate me, you know, let everybody know that I didn't do that, that I went to prison for, and take that prison record off of me. And the judge refused uh, to do that. What was that flaky judge's name? McCalla. John yeah, McCalla. John McCalla huh? in uh, Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, you know, I bet pray the Lord will forgive him because he doesn't know what he's in for if he doesn't repent. That man is going to boil in hell, and same with Bush and all the rest of them if they don't repent. And that's what we're supposed to do is to pray for those that have made it known that they're our enemies. They make up stories on us and then send us to prison because they're the most vile a wicked creatures on earth, and they need Jesus, amen? amen. They needed to, need to be saved more than anybody on earth because if anyone should be in prison, it should be those uh, rats without the long tails, the ones that dress up in these nice suits and ties and uh, get out of their helicopters and planes and wave at everybody on the White House lawn as they're going in with a phony grin, with a grin on their face. We don't know, it might be a sincere uh, grin. Uh, you know, like when uh, the Twin Towers were blowing down, they made sure that they showed the young Bush to be uh, over on the golf courses and saying,
hop. And he just hit that golf ball and just had a big smile on his face. After that, then he goes and acts serious. They take him over to uh, ground zero, and he was over there acting very sober. All right? And a lot of people say that he hard, hardly ever is sober. All right? And now, the Lord is very sober, and uh, I'm extremely sober. Okay, I might talk to you tongue-in-cheek now and then a little bit. But we have some letters here, and we get a lot of requests for Sharon to read the letters because they say that she reads better than anybody, and even her son, the science, says so. Okay, <laughs> I say so too. All right, his sign is here, and he's smiling. All right, um, uh, come over here, son. You want to say hello on the uh, on the radio? Come on over. You got to give a little testimony. He's all grown up. I've got a picture of him on a track with me holding him, and he really resents that picture. He says, I'm grown up now, and he's quite quite a muscle man, too. He works out in the gym all the time. It's the sweater. It's the sweater. <laughs> it's the sweater. No, yeah. Okay, so uh, give a little bit of your testimony. Well, um, God just individually dealt with me like he does everybody. Uh, I'm very thankful for the way he deals with everybody everybody um, because if it was you know just listening to other people isn't good enough for me I have to have something from you know God himself I need something other than just uh, hearsay I, I really wanted to make sure you know what I'm hearing is really true I'm, I just love reading the Bible on my own and getting st new stuff out of it every time I read the Bible it's so amazing how I'd read s books that I know I've read before and then I realize you know it's I didn't get the same thing out of it the second time I read it. It's always something new. It's like it's, you know, just newly being written, and it's always, always new every time I read it. And, you know, God's saved me individually by, you know, just uh, making me convicted for the way I was being my whole life. I, you know, most of my life, the beginning part of my life when my dad was in prison, I didn't get to be around him very much at all, except for going to visit him in jail. I was very young back then, and, you know, I, ever ever since then, I I just really wanted to have a personal relationship with God, and uh, I always believed everything my dad had said. But you know, everyone gets some doubt in their mind, and they have to have something from God, you know, to really ground them in the Word of God. And He gave me that just by asking Him for different signs, and uh, you know, just just answering all my prayers. He brought my dad out of prison. That was one of my prayers I'd pray every night before I went to sleep, and I always just uh, pray that God bless my dad, and he has, and expanded the ministry, you know, bigger than my dad says is uh, his wildest dreams, and uh, he's been growing ever since, and I'm thankful I'm able to go witnessing whenever I can on the weekends, and, uh, you know, just every chance I get to witness to people is a great blessing. Okay. Praise the Lord. Well, you learn more truth every time you read the Bible. Amen. Amen. And the longer you live, the more you know that the Bible is the truth, because when you do what he says, you see what he says he'll do for you happen, right? That's right. That's so. Okay. Thanks a lot, Sign. He's a big boy now. He, <laughs> he said it's the sweater he's wearing. <laughs> no, it's not. He's a pretty muscular boy. Okay. Now, Sharon, go ahead. Let's read some of these letters. Where's the first one from? From Memphis, Tennessee. Dear Tony Alamo, hi, my name is Timothy Harbor. I am an inmate at the Shelby County Correctional Center in Memphis, Tennessee. 
Since I've been locked up, I've learned a lot about God and the Bible. One night, I was scanning the radio, and I ran across your program. It inspired me so much that I listen to it all the time now. You are a great minister. God bless you and your ministries. You speak the real truth of God. I would like you to put me on the Tony Alamo Christian Ministries mailing list. Please send me some books and literature so I can better myself in Christianity and help other people, too. Please send me books on the truth, secrets of the Pope, and the Roman Catholic cult. Please send me some more info on the Antichrist government and the UN, too. I am only allowed to have paperback books and literature, no hardbacks. Here is my address. Thank you for your time and for reading my letter. And God bless you, too. Your friend, Timothy. Praise the Lord. That's right. All they can uh, receive in prison, because I know I was there, uh, is like softback books. And so um, if you're going to send them something, make sure you don't send hardback covers because they think you put a, a razor in there or some money or something. I don't know what they think. Um, is I know some of the things they think, but not everything. All right, and then you have another letter? Yes, from Ghana, Africa. Okay. Dear Pastor, I'm very grateful to write you this letter. Please, Pastor, how are you in your ministry? Fine, wonderful. Praise I, the Lord. I hope by the grace and might of our Lord, everything is moving on smoothly. I'm also fine as well. To begin with, let's give thanks to the Almighty God for what He has done in our lives through the precious blood of Jesus. Also, I would like to express my thanks to you and your powerful ministry. May the Lord bless you all. I'm a boy of 18 years of age, and I'm in my first year of senior secondary school. Although I called myself a Christian, I had not fully committed myself to Christ. One day a friend came to me with your newsletters and gave me some to read. But I thought it would be very boring to read such newsletters, so I asked him, What am I going to get from this? He told me I should try as much as possible to read them, because these newsletters talk about how to live a good Christian life. I started reading them, and my heart was filled with the Holy Spirit, which has now led me into true salvation. Because of this, I want to spread the gospel to other people like you're doing. Also, I'm taking Christian studies in my school, so please, Pastor, I'm appealing to you to send me some literature that will help me with that course. Thank you for your good works, and may the Lord richly bless you and increase your ministry. Yours in Christ, Baidu Solomon from Ghana, Africa. Praise the Lord. When you start hearing the real truth, the Bible states that these, Jesus said, The words that I speak unto you are spirit, and they are truth. And so we know that the Bible also teaches us in chapter 7, uh, as we were reading the other day, that the, um, that the Word of God, that we're not to judge with our own judgment, because we don't need to have judgment at all, because the Word of God is the true judgment. So... We already have true judgment. If just people would judge everything in this world by the word of God, there wouldn't be any trouble anymore. And that's what we're going to get into right now. We're going to be reading from chapter 4 in the book of Galatians. And the Apostle Paul, anointed by the Holy Spirit, says now, he's uh, talking to these foolish Galatians in chapter 3 who were drowning in quicksand. In other words, they're on their way to hell, 
And then by faith, the Lord threw him up on the bank out of the quicksand, set him on a solid rock, which is the word of God. And they started out by faith. Okay, so because you, the law cannot save your soul. The law is um, like got a club over your head and also a pit of fire below you. They say you're on your way to hell and therefore you better get to Christ because Christ is the only one that can save your soul. So uh, this is uh, that was chapter 3. Now Paul continues in chapter 4 saying, Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, uh, is no different. It differeth nothing from a servant though he be Lord of all. What does that mean? Do you know what an heir is? Read in the dictionary, Webster, what Webster says about what an heir is. H-E-I-R. One who inherits or is entitled to succeed to the possession of any property after the death of its owner. Okay, so the Bible says that even Jesus, when he was born... He was born under the law because he was a human being. And if he didn't keep every commandment uh, that was uh, the the law said, nobody ever did except him, that uh, he uh, would uh, go to hell and that nobody would be saved. So God entrusted Jesus uh, with the job of being the perfect example for all humanity uh, to keep the commandments. And so uh, he's saying, now I say that the heir of all things, Jesus, as long as he is a child, when he was first born an infant, he still had to obey the law of an infant because there's a law to every phase of everyone's life. He had to be fed like a baby, had to get his diapers changed, they didn't have pampers back then, so he had the diapers and whatever. And he was raised, just went through all every phase of human life. So he went through the law. He was born under the law of a child. And he, so he, he there's no different, nothing. Uh, he differs nothing from a servant. He was under the law just like we are. So through, though he be Lord of all. Okay, so even Christ, who had God in him, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, had to keep the rules and regulations just that we did. As a matter of fact, he uh, took up the cross. He uh, kept the commandments before he went to the cross. We're just the opposite. We have to go to the cross first before we can become uh, a joint heir with him. In other words, if we do everything that he says to do, well, then we are become a joint heir with him. We are able to possess everything, the entire universe. And if you've ever, I used to go up to the Hollywood Observatory. As a matter of fact, one time I was up there when James Dean was shooting Rebel Without a Cause. And uh, I looked through the big telescope, and there's so many stars and so many galaxies there that it just looks like it's white. 
the whole different areas of the sky are white with the massive amount of stars and galaxies that are there. So we get to own all, we get the kingdom of heaven plus all the heavens and everything that, uh, that Christ owns. We become, if we continue on to the end, we become, um, an heir, a joint heir with him in ownership of everything that he has. And so really we don't have anything if we don't have Christ. Because without him, we wind up in hell, and that isn't a good option at all. So, so, but as long as he's a child, he, there's no difference between him and you. Uh, nothing from, uh, there's no difference from him and, and a servant. Because he had to serve the Lord as well. He had to keep the commandments. Though he, be was the master or the lord of everything, the boss of everything. But he gave us an example of what we have to do, including being baptized by John the Baptist. Now, if you'd like one of the thieves, there were a couple of crooks, one on each side of him when he died. If you believe while you're and you cannot get baptized, you're being nailed to a cross, well, the Lord excuses that. Because faith is the main thing to be saved. Well, the Bible says that you must be baptized too. So you have to have faith to do that. But you're in, if you're in an impossible situation where you cannot be baptized, well, then you're not going to go to hell for it. So uh, that's verse 1 of chapter 4. Verse 2, but he is under tutors, in other words, teachers, and governors, who were his parents, until the time uh, appointed of the father. In other words, uh, he kept the commandments up to the age of 30 years old. Then the father decided to, okay, you've gone through all the different uh, servitude and now you're really going to have to serve me, so I'm going to give you some extra power. He goes to John the Baptist to the River Jordan and is baptized in the River Jordan. John asked him why, when he should be baptized by him. And the Lord said, this is, uh, he says, we have to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Everybody, unless it's impossible, must be baptized also. Now baptize me. So he did baptize him, and when he rose up from the water, this baptism of the Holy Spirit came down upon him like a dove and filled him with the Holy Spirit. And then when you're filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, then the Holy Spirit, which is also the comforter, it comforts you because you, he, the Holy Spirit is going to lead you into a lot of different things that you could not, as a person that is not baptized with the Holy Spirit, that you could never go through. So the, the, the minute that he was baptized with the Holy Spirit, the Spirit came down like a dove. The Lord said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And he shoved him out into the wilderness. He led the Holy Spirit, pulled him out there to be tempted of the devil. So once you're ready, then you go, uh, then uh, you are able to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And then you are able to go out into the world and be a good witness. If you don't know the Bible, if you don't have the Holy Spirit, you don't know how to witness the people out on that street. 
because they're going to come up with every answer. I do interviews all the time, and people can tell that I have the Holy Spirit because I I know just what to answer. It doesn't matter. I have no idea what the guy's going to ask me. And then the callers come in, and I don't know what they're going to ask me. Sometimes they're very friendly, and sometimes they're not. But I've been on interviews for years now with the top uh, 50,000 watt stations, and some of them, uh, well, I get a lot of callers that didn't exactly uh, appreciate God or His Word. God is the Word. And I'd, I'd have to slam them right down and, and tear them to pieces right in front of everybody to the point to where now they don't ask me, very many people, those big 50,000 waters and 100,000 waters in Mexico do no longer ask me to do interviews because the government forbade them to interview me because they know that the Holy, that I have the Holy Spirit and they know that the Holy Spirit is stronger than a whole array of uh, rabbis and priests and cardinals or, and the Pope. Pope will not debate with me. He will not talk about God with me because he doesn't have the Holy Spirit. He's possessed with the spirit of Satan. Now, so, uh, so this, he's under tutors and governors. And so are we, if we want to go to heaven until the time, not the time that you pick, not even the time that Jesus picked to get into the ministry. But he had to be baptized with the Holy Spirit first. Because you are not a witness. You're not going to win a soul. All you're going to do is aggravate people. And, the, and you're going to think you're cute when you're saying things that uh, outrage people on the street. You have to be baptized with the Holy Spirit to be in the ministry. That's just the bottom line. Okay, so he's under tutors and governors, mothers and dads and teachers, until the time appointed of the Father. So the father did appoint that time, and that's when he got into the ministry. Uh, verse 3, even so, we, even we, oh my God, you mean to say we have to do what Jesus said to do, or that can we accomplish that? If we're filled with the Holy Spirit, he said we'll even do greater works than he did. Amen? Yeah. But people want to be ahead of themselves. They think that their own mind uh, it's not going to agree with judge not. I mean, they want to judge what the Word of God says instead of uh, just receiving God's judgment, what he says, the straight and narrow, and just be as Jesus, be under tutors and under governors, and don't think you're smart because you're not. You're not smarter than God, are you? Well, I'm glad you decided that tonight. I finally saw somebody's head jerk back. It was kind of a shock to him, and they said, no, no. What an accomplishment. They've said, they have agreed that they're not smarter than God. Even so, we, when we were children, in other words, we weren't fully developed or ready to go into the ministry, were in bondage under the elements of the world. Before we were saved, before we had the Spirit in us, we were under bondage to sin. Man, you get out on the street and you see the girls looking this way and that way and the guys checking everything out. They're under bondage. That's bondage, folks. That may seem like it's fun to you, but according to the Word of God, that isn't keeping your eyes focused on the Lord. And that's what the Lord's 
first commandment is to give everything to love the Lord thy God with A-L-L, all of your heart, A-L-L, all of your soul, all your mind, all A-L-L of your strength. Okay, not to be focusing on chicks or dudes or anything like that or anything else in this world, but with all of your getting, get wisdom. Now, the Bible said in these last days that we're going to have, uh, that knowledge will be increased. Knowledge is increased. Oh, we know so much today. We know how to make A-bombs and airplanes and TVs and all this kind of stuff. But that isn't wisdom. We have knowledge, worldly knowledge, but we don't have the wisdom of God. There's a lot of difference between knowledge and wisdom. What is wisdom? Wisdom is the fear of the Lord. The book of Ecclesiastes says that the entire duty of man is to fear God. In other words, have so much wisdom that you fear God and that you keep his commandments. Well, everybody thinks they're smarter than, you know, anybody else in the world. I did before I was saved. Then I found out how stupid I was in the office in Beverly Hills. The Lord came down, shut my ears off, and started talking to my... Uh, I could hear his words in my feet, my knees, my legs, my, my chest, my arms, uh, everywhere, except I couldn't hear in my ears. And he said, I am the Lord thy God. Stand upon your feet and tell these people in this room about the Lord Jesus Christ, that he's coming back to earth again, or thou shalt surely die. And I uh, thought I was going crazy, so I tried to get up real fast. And I couldn't get up, and then he opened my brain again, and he said, and he was talking through my whole body, except my ears. My, he was talking into my spirit. He said, I am the Lord thy God. Doubt not. Stand upon your feet and tell these people about the Lord Jesus Christ, and that he's coming back to earth again, or thou shalt surely die. And it was a bunch of friends of mine. I had six motorcycle police, Los Angeles PD in there with me that I hired, from the funeral home because it was a funeral escort and also a limousine and a, a chauffeur and I had a bunch of people that trailed after us in three uh, other cars, Cadillac and Lincolns. They were like an entourage of 17 people that we had. And I knew that God, uh, and then he started, I was going to get, try to get out of there and he started pulling the breath in and out of me and therefore, whoa! The fear of God came down on me, and I thought, this is it. What, God? What do you want me to do? You want me to do that? I'll do it. Don't kill me. And my heart was beating so fast, I thought the people could see my heart beating coming out of my chest, my rib cage. And so that was it. I was afraid of God. I thought I was the toughest guy in the world. You couldn't push me around. Because back then, people would never mess around with me like they're doing today. Why? Because I'd have somebody pay him a visit. I don't do that anymore. I haven't done it for over 45 years. Yes, that's the way I was. That's why everybody can tell that I'm saved, because they see all these people lying about me and slandering me and doing everything in their power and throwing me in prison, threatening to kill me, threatening to get a lynch mob and threatening to do all these things. And they're still alive. The only way they uh, die is when the Lord stops their heart or, you know, fills their lungs up with, I don't know what he does to them, but he's, uh, they don't look the same anymore. They, they walk in crutches and they're all bent over. 
because God is God and you're nothing but, and I, you and I are nothing but humans. So we have to obey him or pay the consequences. Okay. So we have to follow God's law or his judgment. So even so, we, when we were children and we, if you haven't come to the conclusion that you need the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you're still a child and you're lost. We're in bondage. You're in bondage because you can't get out of the bondage. You can't get out of the sink and sand unless the Spirit of God enters into you. You're in bondage under the elements of the world. Man, you're just checking everything out. There's so many distractions. Oh, let's go to the car. Let's go to the fair. Let's go to the circus. But that isn't going to do you any good at the judgment bar of God, kids. Let's do this. Let's uh, be a top musician. Let's be, a, you know, an acrobat, whatever. Verse 4, but when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth uh, his son to show us the right way. What we're supposed to do too, he says, come and follow me, his son said, Jesus said. So that's a simple thing, but the simplicity of the gospel has ever always thrown the nudniks in this world. They just don't have enough sense to just look at what the Bible says, what Jesus did, and just get filled with the Spirit and uh, let wait on the Holy Spirit to tell them what to do. They think they got other ideas, big ideas. So uh, God sends forth his son, made of a woman, a virgin at that, made under the law. So Christ was under the law too. He's under the moral law and he was under the law of infants and under the law of children and under the law of an adult. And he just was patiently waiting for the Lord to yank him into the baptism of the Holy Spirit and out into the wilderness and to be tempted by the devil. And he was able by the Holy Spirit in him because he was a man, he was God-man. And when the Holy Spirit enters into us, we become God-men and women too, because the real God, even though he's invisible, he's real. Everything in this world was made of that which was, uh, which is invisible. Atoms and molecules and all these things. And there's a host of other things I haven't got time to mention. Uh, so uh, made under the law. To And the reason that he sent him, verse 5, is to redeem them that were under the law, under the condemnation of the law. Because everyone but Christ was a sinner, but he still was uh, under the law. He couldn't just do whatever he wanted to do. He had to be under the law. He kept the law. He studied the law. He studied the word, even though he was the word. The word became flesh, and he dwelt among us. But still, he had to study the Word to show us that we have to do it also. If God had to do it himself, the God come in the flesh, well, then we have to as well. And if you try to get out of it, you're going to go to hell, just like a lot of people did in, like, Phoenix. There was two people there that were hiding money. They were running a motel for the church, and they decided to steal money, and they decided to just pull out into the street because they felt just because of the fact that they had been saved at one time, and I took him off driving, and he didn't pay any attention to it. And so he went out into the street uh, with the car, not looking left or right, and got smashed. 
by a big diesel truck, and I believe he's dead now. I mean, he was crippled for life, and his wife is in a wheelchair. This is going back quite a few years ago. So we're all under the law until we, by faith, receive the Holy Spirit. In other words, the Word of God is spirit, and it is life. So if you want to know how to be led by the Spirit, pick the Bible up because the Word of God is spirit. To redeem them that were under the penalty, the law is condemning you. The law can't save anybody. Jesus kept the law, and therefore he has the power to save everybody. If you come to him and do what he says. No one can keep the law but Jesus. Jesus kept the law, and therefore he became the redeemer, the savior. And his blood became powerful enough to take all your sins away. So these are very hard. These are the most misunderstood scriptures in the world because the false prophets use them to make it believe that you're not under the law anymore. And you're not, but they make it look as though the law has gone away. No, if you sin again, you get thrown right back into the quicksand and you start going down and down. And no one can go out there. The only one that can save you from quicksand in the middle of the lake, the quicksand puddle, is Christ. And you can only be saved by him when you have faith. We're saved by faith. And faith comes by reading and hearing. Now, the Bible's given everyone the measure of faith as to get you started. But faith is increased by hearing, reading, and hearing. Hearing and hearing from the word of God to redeem the people that were under the law. Until you're saved, you're under the condemnation of the law. That we might receive the adoption of sins. Now, do you think that because you have faith now and that you're doing everything the Lord said, that the Lord would let you sin and still call him father and he would still call you a son? His sons do not sin. His sons will not sin. You cannot be, we become members of Christ's body. Christ is not going to be made up of a body of people that have sin on their soul. So you should read the Bible for yourself, but make sure that you don't just read it, that you study it. So he gives, makes us, uh, he adopts us into sonship. In verse 6, and because ye are now sons, sons of God, if you were a sinner, you'd be the son of a stinking devil. But, and now because you are sons, God has sent forth the Holy Spirit of his Son. My God, you mean to say his Son, Jesus, is the Holy Spirit? Yes, he became the life-giving Spirit. Even though he was a human being, he had God in him. He kept all the commandments. He was the only one that ever did. We've all sinned other than him. And because he did, he sends forth his Spirit into your hearts into the people that really want to go to heaven. And you're not playing games with God. You're not trying to split hairs with him and make up, yeah, well, you're going to do it this way or that way. And he sends his spirit, the Son, the spirit of his Son, the Holy Spirit, into your hearts. And that spirit cries out when it hits you. You say, Father, Abba, Father. I was in Israel, and I could hear a bunch of school kids 
crying and they were saying, Abba, Abba. They were calling for their daddy, Abba, Father. Verse 7, Wherefore thou art no more a servant. Yeah, in other words, you're not under servitude to human beings anymore, but you are a son of God, but are a son. And so now you're living by faith, and uh, you don't have to have somebody over you telling you over and over and over and over again to what is uh, what you're supposed to do. First of all, you're supposed to be asking questions if there's a leader around you. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. So you own everything through Christ. But if you're a defiant person, God doesn't care who you think you are. If you're going to not do what he says, see, you're not a son of God. You're the son of the devil. Verse 8. How be it then, when ye knew not God, you did, he's talking to the Galatians now, he said, you did service unto them, which by nature are no gods. They're not gods. You you serve people, but you didn't serve God. But now, after that ye have known God, or rather are known of God, how turn you again to the weak and beggarly elements, uh, whereunto ye desire again to be in bondage? In other words, like you started out, you got pulled out of that quicksand by faith and faith only. There wasn't anything or anybody else that could pull you out of that quicksand. And now all of a sudden you're going to make up in your mind how you're going to serve the Lord, huh? That's what they were doing. I am of Paul. I am of Apollos. I am this. I am that. No, you're nothing but a son of God if you're asking God what to do. And if you're following his judgment, we're not to judge anything. We're to use God's judgment only. And we have it right in the Bible, the King James Version, so that we know what to do. So you're seeking to desire again to be in bondage. Okay, all of a sudden you're saved by faith. And all the other things that you're going to get from the Lord, if you want to be a preacher, a teacher, an evangelist, uh, a prophet, uh, have uh, the gift of tongues and the gift of interpretation, then you have to seek God for that, dummy. Okay, you can, how stupid can you be? He's telling you, oh, you foolish Galatians, amen? You stupid, foolish. You think that now you're going to be somebody on your own? No, you have to have everything from the Lord by faith. You observe days and months. Uh, let me see, I have to turn the page here. Days and months, you're going back into like birthdays and parties and uh, different feast days and all that. And uh, times and years. Uh, verse 11, I'm afraid of you, lest I have uh, bestowed upon you labor in vain. I've taught you about faith, that everything from God comes by faith. Nothing comes to him by your own works. Oh, well, I'm, I'm the best night watchman. That doesn't cut any ice with the Lord. 
I'm the best musician. I'm the best uh, singer. I'm, that's nothing. Walking in the spirit is everything, okay? Because there's no condemnation to those that walk not after the flesh. Uh, they think they're doing so much. Oh, you type the best, or you run the store the best, or you do this or that the best. There's always somebody better than you in the world, but you can't be saved by those things, amen? You must be taken out of the miry clay or the quicksand and thrown up on the solid rock Christ Jesus, or there's no possible way for you to get into heaven. The Galatians were saved, and now they're starting to get into all these evil doubts. They're trying to get in by works, their own works. We have to do works, but we have to allow the Lord to do the works in us. I want to continue on this tomorrow. I see my time is up. I hope it's interesting to you because it's the most in misunderstood scriptures on earth. And I know what I am talking about. I'm telling you what uh, must be nothing. Faith, um, healing, uh, healing comes by faith just as salvation comes by faith. Okay. Now, if you have faith, even if you say you don't have faith, if you say this prayer, you're going to feel the Lord Jesus Christ. You're going to feel a spirit enter into you, and it's not just a spirit, it's a life-giving spirit. It's going to give you eternal life, immortality. Now, you have mortality already, but you must be born again to be able to have immortality. So I'd say this prayer to the Lord and mean it this time. Say unto the Lord, my Lord and my God, have mercy upon my soul as sinner. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God, and I believe that he died on the cross and shed his precious blood, that my sins can be forgiven, all of the former sins, and he will also, that you rose him from the dead, and that you'll now raise me from the dead as well, that he can live in me and give me everlasting life, the power to keep all of the commandments. I know I don't have the power, but he will give me the power. He holds the world up. You hold the world up, Father, with your word and all the galaxies. Therefore, Lord, I ask you to wash away all my sins. I know that you have heard me, and I know that you've answered me, and I know that my sins are all washed away. And I thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving my soul. Now just raise your hands up and thank and praise the Lord. And uh, Sharon, tell them how to receive a copy of program number 533. Go to alamoministries.com or write to Tony Alamo Christian Ministries, P.O. Box 6467, Texarkana, Texas, 75505. Or call area code 479-782-7370. That's 479-782-7370 or fax to area code 479-782-7406. All right, praise the Lord. This is World Pastor Tony Olama saying make sure to tune in tomorrow for another powerful uh, understanding uh, from the Word of God and the understanding of the Word of God, the clarity of it, so that you will have power in Christ. These are building blocks that will build you to the fullness of the stature of Christ. Now here's Porter Wagner and myself singing a song uh, that uh, Dolly Parton had written for me to sing. And I didn't know that Porter was going to jump in and sing with me, but he just did. 
and it's called Lord Hold My Hand, written by Dolly Parton. I do be kind Let me never hesitate To help my brother Walking blind Hold my hand Lest I lose my way Just hold my hand and strengthen me. 